0: in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency and the elections. You are listening to the John DePietro show. Well folks, good afternoon. Once again, it is now 106 and you're listening to the John DePietro show. It's AM 1380. And 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, dePetro.com. It's 106. It's Thursday. We continue our broadcast from our nation's capital. I'm looking over uh, our nation's capital as we speak. A little bit of a uh, cloudy, little even a slight drizzle, as a matter of fact. But it's been uh, extremely, extremely, extremely um, muggy here, kind of like August weather. In the ocean state. This portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Folks, pop in and see them lunch, dinner, drinks in the lounge. They're waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Now, the big local story. Now we are here and we have some more experts coming up <laughs> that are gonna this is incredible what is happening with the Boston Celtics. But and I, didn't, I never thought that I would be here and we're talking about the Celtics. But we're going to speak with Sheriff Urbano coming up in just a moment. Where is he? There he is. Sheriff Benny Martinez, the undertaker, Sheriff Urbano. We're going to talk to him coming up. But I'm looking at the Boston Globe right now. Celtics expect to suspend the coach for a year and make Joe Mazzulla the interim coach. I, I'm not even convinced about that. But they're expected to announce it. His name is the coach, Emi Udoka. Celtics coach Emi Udoka is expected to receive a one-year suspension because of, a, because of a consensual relationship with a female staff member. But online, they're saying it was two. According to a league source, Boston assistant coach Joe Mazzula has been informed he will guide the team in place. Celtics were expected to issue a statement on the situation today. It's a jarring development for a team that came within two wins at an NBA title last season and entered the season as the favorite to win the championship. It was his first season as an NBA head coach, finished fourth in the voting coach of the year. Missoula, from Johnston, a and grad, who was a star at West Virginia, was hired by former Celtic president of basketball operations Danny Ainge to be an assistant 2019. Quickly ascended. He interviewed for the Utah Jazz opening in June, and then he was promoted to a bench role on the staff. Celtics are scheduled to hold media day on monday before opening training camp (laughs) i mean you have got to be kidding me but i am not convinced that it's going to stop there by the way i don't care that is a major major story that is going on right now that uh the truck tolls new hampshire poll finds democrats narrowly leading republican challenger for senate and congress I'll tell you, I I don't know what to make of what is happening right now with some of these Republican Senate candidates. They should be easily getting into office, but they're not easily getting into office. All right. Let me just see if there's anything more. Um, (laughs) You know, online, there's far more information about what's going on with the Celtics. And I want to wait and see what's going to happen with that. Head coach, because as I mentioned now online on Twitter and these are pretty good sources they 're saying that they believe that it it was more than um, just one that it was just more than just one so um, i i'm not i'm not um i'm not convinced of that as a matter of fact, but let me um you know, th- this is one of those things. I, I hope the Celtics, if you're going to make a move like this, before we have our next guest coming up, you want to make sure that you have your arms completely around the scandal, so to speak. Meaning, they can't be anything left out here. Yeah, so we're expecting, Sheriff... Urbino Benny Martinez, the undertaker sheriff. Brooks County, one of the main smuggling routes for criminal activity. The, he's, he's not one of relishes, but he's described as the undertaker sheriff. Sixty-six bodies of dead migrants, and they find them first. So we're go- going to um talk with him and by the way brooks county he is very very close to the border that is not an easy situation but um folks i also want to just remind you there's nothing i can do we're on what they call a radio row i'm very cognizant of it i try not to talk in you know try to be um uh, I, I try to be respectful for other people not everyone is is obviously um not everyone is like that, obviously. Um, um, it's um, some people are just this. They're so loud. And I hope Jeff appreciates that. I, I, I forgot. You see, I'm just not around people like that. A lot. <laughs> and so I forget that there are these people that speak. And I'll do it more tomorrow. But these big, booming, uh, obnoxious radio voices. I thought they kind of went away. But obviously they have not. Have it! What are we gonna do about the border? I wanna know where's Hunter's laptop. Um, so anyway, we will uh just go along with it. Now the let me just check. So on Twitter, folks, there are people identifying <laughs> that there's one of the people involved, Kathleen Lynch, deleted all her social media. Hmm. Uh, she, her husband reported to the Celtics organization she works in the Celtics front office she also um, her she, her husband is the vice president of finance of the Celtics Celtics organization are furious so there is uh, the undertaker is right there there's the undertaker here we go wow look at you my goodness now i I, before we begin sheriff do you you uh just so i understand you you don't mind the moniker the undertaker you you don't mind it or you you tell me how would you like to be introduced everybody
1: you know, everybody, for some reason, picked up undertakers. It doesn't matter. It
0: doesn't matter to no, you. All right. We'll just, sheriff we'll Urbano start. Benny Martinez. Yes, sir. That sound good? All right, Sheriff Martinez. You are the sheriff at Brooks County. Yes, sir. You know, I don't have to tell you. It, it's my understanding. How, how close are you? You're, you're right. Brooks County, you're you're right at the border. You're dealing with the people that come right up the border.
1: Yes, sir. We're seventy miles north of the
0: border. Seventy miles. Wow. Okay. Um how long have you let me just make sure you talk right into the microphone. How sure. long have you been um how long have you been the sheriff at Brooks County? Uh seven six years. Six years. Yes. Sir. And I'm just going off at the and um at the end of July Is that true that we're 66 bodies of dead migrants is that accurate yes sir well we're currently at 78 78 yes sir. and what what is the i'm sure it's varied but what are some of the various
1: causes of death hydration weather mm. that's that's number one cause of yeah deaths. yes sir. take us inside a little bit now first of all
0: where where are you from where'd you grow up In brooks county brooks county yes sir. okay and when did you decide or realize that you
1: wanted to be a sheriff and be in law enforcement? That was probably at the age of 20. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, at the age of 20, uh, I felt like that was a calling I had. So I got into the state police academy at the age of 22. Mm. Graduated for at the age of 23 and been a lawman. Texas Texas State Police. In Texas State Police for 29 years. Is that, the, is that the Texas Rangers? No. Yeah, it's, the, it is. it's It's how the Texas Rangers are formed. Okay. It's called the Texas Department of Public Safety. Yep. And within that, the branch, there's a service called the Texas Rangers. Okay. I took the service of narcotics versus Texas Rangers. I, I, I felt more at ease uh, going to the field of narcotics versus Texas Rangers. Sure. And when did you become the sheriff of Brooks County, 2017? Mm. What kind of department do you have?: We have a small department, uh, myself, command staff of two or three, and then the five deputies that I have out there working. so what what vehicles or horses? Vehicles? okay.
0: could yeah. you could you ride a horse if you needed to? Yes, you do. yes. Do you have horses at your disposal if you have to use yes, them? Yes, sir, you do. Yes. And what was it like? 2017, 2017, 2018,
1: 2019. Well, it, it was. It was. Uh, it wasn't like this, really. It was very mild. Uh, we. I felt like everything. We had things under control. I think we had the lowest at 30. You know, when the new administration came in, the Trump administration came in, it 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 settled okay it, it settled and that's because of the implementation of, of his uh the wall and everything else that went with it okay the re- resources that were being applied to the border so that helped a lot on, on inland so to speak okay so anything that's that that's done in, along the river it helps inland okay that's pretty much a common sense type of issue the more resources you put on the front. The less you know less resources you need at the other end so
0: Brooks County um,
1: people there, working families struggling very much so yeah uh, ninety 95 percent of them are Hispanic population. Uh, most of the work they do if it's major work, they got to go outside the county. Huh. I think the highest uh, employment entity is the school, the schools. And uh, a private sector that that houses uh, f- f- federal uh, inmates when, when um,
0: w- w- what is I-, I don't know if there is a typical day, but what would a typical day be like?
1: You know it varies, but on a typical day, uh, we can go out into the brush and maybe recover two or three bodies ah. in one day.
0: Is that a big part of
1: it? Yes, majority Do you work.
0: We work with the medical examiner.
1: Well, yes, in Laredo, it's in Laredo, Texas. Okay, but and we do have our own morgue mm. that we have in, there in, in, in the county at the sheriff's office. Yep. Do you um? How would you describe the traffic of
0: people that enter our country and come through Brooks County?
1: You know, that's that's a good question. You, you have your workers that that, that are going to come into work, but you also have your criminal uh, element within the workers. Okay, we have a, a pretty good percentile that are hardened criminals that are filtering through okay we, we do have we work sexual assault cases that occur oh, that's, that's another issue we, we handle uh, we worked uh, where they go out there and steal uh, they, they they steal implements of, of uh, in terms of tractors and and, uh, and just drive, wow. go cross country with it just wow. tearing up fences as they drive the tractor. Do they respect our laws? No, they don't. No. Do they respect you and your staff? Uh, no, because we don't. do have a lot of uh, fleeing vehicles, you know, uh, f- uh, fail to yield type of uh, issues. Yep. You know, we can have those maybe three or four times a day. Now, what do you what do you tell your crew when they are dealing with the fail to yield? To be very careful. Yeah. Uh, because they're also using their their. Uh, escort vehicles to block oh, block the police block block us right so they can get away so that 's another issue that we we deal with oh. and many of
0: the um, you 're saying it 's up to seventy eight many of the migrant uh, bodies that are found, all ages, all genders, mostly
1: men, mostly female, young old. Well, the youngest I, I've gotten so far has been 15. Ah. The oldest uh, varies between 50, 60. It, it doesn't discriminate. Right. And we're right about 50-50, maybe 60% males, 40% females. So it, it, it really, it, it just doesn't discriminate. The weather does not discriminate. It doesn't matter how healthy you look if, if you get to that point yeah yeah you're going to be left out there and you'll eventually die and this is I mean I would
0: some of the people that you find do they tend to fall more on the side of they they want to come here as workers. It's not someone that's carrying say, you know an well, amount of drugs
1: that's correct. Yeah. But we, we do also find what we refer to as backpackers, there are carrying drugs through, uh, and they have the lead, the lead person or the one in the rear or both, in the front and in the back, they, they have long arms, so we know that's a different type of group, mm, okay, so, you know, if we, we got into those type of issues, and uh, we have arrested some, well actually we arrest all of them, right? Uh, you have but jail cells, right there. You do have a, we do have a jail. Yep. Yes. We, how many? 40, how many beds? Forty. Good for forty inmates. Oh yeah. Yes. And where do you stand right now, capacity? Uh, right now, we're minimal, simply because I had a lot of my staff members that relocated themselves to other employment. Oh. A better, uh, higher hourly wage. So that's where we at on, on that that. But we're we're still accepting uh prisoners or you know whomever needs to go to jail will go to jail do do any of them speak english or most it's all spanish there's some that we've we've uh, the returnees so to speak they speak some english yes and then there's some that and actually you're going to actually know the the coyote a lot quicker because of the way he's dressed and the way his demeanor is okay oh. more more profound in in terms of looking at you and you know, going to the questionnaire versus the 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 others that don't speak english they'll look at you like okay what are, what are we talking about so oh. everything has to be translated right so you you can tell real quick like folks again we're speaking with uh well he's known as the
0: undertaker sheriff but it's sheriff uh betty martinez sheriff um is there a cartel presence in brooks county texas
1: yes uh they, they've they've always been there uh back in 2009 myself and to my deputies we were on the hit list from the zetas because oh. we took down two thousand pounds of of their narcotics going through the bro oh boy uh, wow ranch lands yes we, we we've always had these type of uh smuggling rings going through there because oh. people know the rings and of course uh, it it, it there's a lot of locals there that are, that are also involved in issues like that, right? So they, they grab keys, they borrow keys to the ranch lands, and, and they'll travel through. And we took down a, a ton of dope, which mm. is not unusual. Yep. Uh, and uh, it was on an affidavit saying that uh, myself and uh, my children were mentioned and oh, two of my boy. deputies. So issues like that, honestly speaking, I knew what I needed to do. Mm. Okay, and I was going to do it, but but, uh, the federal government asked me to stand down, and they'll handle it. They Mm. they took care of it. Um, Any communication with the governor's office? Yes. You do? Yes. Governor Abbott? Governor Abbott, yes, sir.
0: Has he been supportive? Oh, yes, sir. He has been?
1: Yes, sir. You have a high opinion of him? Yes, I do. Uh, I, I have supported his initiative from the, from the beginning because I could see the influx of people. I could see how things were kind of out of control so to speak. Uh, the evading arrest felt the years were high the, the number of people who were coming were high. Uh, we just don't have the the funding to maintain it and sustain what we want to do. back in 20, 2012 we took a big hit in terms of funding uh, almost. Almost seven to eight hundred thousand dollars at the county lot from the general fund, oh. so we had to lay people off and we had to cut our salaries by five percent and and I 'm still trying to recover those monies to the county oh. so at that point, I went to the to governor uh, um, Perry, he was the governor yeah Rick perry yes and and the uh, lieutenant governor was Dewhurst, so we had a round table discussion and, and funding started. From the governor's office, and up until this day, we're still getting funded hmm. through the governor's office. So, it, it's, could you it's, use more staff? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and this is one of the initiatives also that we could hire more staff hmm. uh, in in Brooks County. I can, instead of the five, I can definitely double, triple that. That's what I need hmm. because it's constant. Okay, you that, get
0: that hmm. is problematic, Sheriff.
1: It if, is. if
0: they know. If they're instructing people, all right, go, you know, drive 90 miles an hour because then they won't chase you, fail to yield. I understand, you know, there can be a lot of damages and high-speed chases Mm -hmm. are looked at different ways. And if anything, now it's frowned upon with law enforcement. But at the same time, that's they use that as a means knowing that your crew is not going to follow them. And I understand why, but once they exceed 90 miles an hour.
1: Well, and and as absolutely correct, yeah. but this is what I've done. I, I have what you would call a, a uh, memorandum of understanding with, with various counties along the coast of Texas. Okay. All the way up to Fort Bend. So, if we, if this happens, all we do is advise, this is what's happening, this is what it looks like, this is the tags, and on. Because a lot of the, the registration, the license plate, they're stolen from other vehicles, and all that it matches the vehicle they have. So, on, on site, you think it's a good plate, but it really is not. Mm. So we look for the vehicle itself and, and uh, try to get it to a point where they're dropping off or following it where it's going. So there's a lot of avenues that we have that we can utilize besides getting into a high-speed chase.
0: At your jail, are, are the inmates, are they dangerous or are they just people that came over and then they, they got caught?
1: Well, we don't house people that we just... Okay. We, we don't do that. Right. We just turn around and give them to Border Patrol. We have okay. a Border Patrol station there. Sure. We have a checkpoint station. So, there. what type of, what does someone have to do to become one of your, your prisoners? Smugglers. Smugglers. Okay. We go after the smugglers. Smugglers. For, of, of narcotics. Uh, yeah. Or, or people. Or human trafficking. Or human trafficking, yes. And there is some of that. There is lots of that. There's right. lots I mean, of I, that. I think in the first quarter, we probably had like 100 cases in the first three months. How? Yes. And, and when you catch them,
0: you know, how, how do you know? Is it t- t- take me through? How do how do you
1: apprehend a smuggler? Well, again, if if they stop, right, we, 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 they get arrested. Yep. If they continue and they, we, we happen to intercept them in a, another county, we just bring them back to our county. We just mm. get them arraigned and bring them back to our county. So they, they, eventually, they're gonna go to jail, either where they actually got stopped or back in our county. So it varies on on the agreements we have and how we we do the do the process. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure we get them prosecuted. You know, I um first of all, folks. Again, we're speaking with
0: Sheriff uh, Benny Martinez, the Undertaker uh, from Brooks County Sheriff. Uh, before I let you go, it it is um I I have been here in the past when the sheriffs are then either going to the White House or they're coming back from the White House house. They're being greeted, there's a reception. Um, but what a difference it would make if this was a, a
1: testified last week on, on, on,
2: on yes, the committee. Yes, that's right.
1: And,
0: and They were calling you a liar.
1: Yes. A fear- fearmonger. Wow. A fear-monger. Yes. Who was that? that- it was a chairperson, Padilla, out of Fornia. Yes. But yeah. that's their narrative. Their right. narrative is everything is fine don't you can't testify to this because everything is fine you yes. don't know what you're saying huh okay just like all this narcotics coming across you know he said basically said okay the only narcotics coming across through the port of entry okay mind you all there so mm-hmm. how can you justify those flowing across right so there's no okay he's not got data though. so but they don't want to see that they're they're just have blinders did you hear from people after he called you a fair monger? Well, that I, I, I've heard about. I heard from my own colleagues, right? Yeah. And 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 they just we kind of like laughed at it because yeah. that's their narrative. Ridiculous. That's their narrative. Yeah. And and it's, it's we need to kind of like wake up and, and start, you know, looking at what's happening. Hmm. And and we know we're a small county. I get it. We don't. They don't. They don't need Brooks County to get elected. I get it. But guess what? We have human beings there. Yes. And these people that are dying, there's nothing compassionate about what they're going through. Nothing at all. That's right. Okay? You know, and the governor's going to do what he can. And I hope he does more because we need a lot more. Uh, All right? And I'll I'll agree with that. But there's nothing compassionate about what's occurring in Brooks County or anywhere else for that matter. That's right.
0: Sheriff Benny Martinez. Sheriff, thank you for taking the time. Thank you for stepping up. Thank Thank you for being a guest on the John DePietro Show. Well, my goodness, we have a nice conversation with the sheriff, and then all of a sudden, there she is. She has been uh, focused on some of the problems in our part of the country for quite some time. Director of Policy Studies. Thank you, Sheriff. Is that Jessica? Yeah, you can switch over. Sure. All right, we'll let her uh, switch over. She's flexible that way. Is that Jessica Vaughn in yes. front of me? My goodness. Yes. You can put on the headphones to make sure you can hear yourself. Well, how good. Nice to see you, Jessica Vaughn. And I want to make sure that we. Uh, oh, just pop it like that. There you go. And then we'll get you nice and clear. First of all, um, how's it been the past two days for Jessica Vaughn?
2: Oh, uh, pretty crazy. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, a lot to talk about, a lot going on. Yes um including up you know in your direction well there.
0: definitely as i'm you, waiting for
2: the statue of liberty to be erected you know off woods hole there well, so people can have you know get all teary-eyed when I'm they take the ferry you, to the vineyard
0: woods hole is is i mean people listening right now it's 45 minutes it's easy to yeah. get there um if i had known he was going to do that i would have taken the ferry and gone over there and covered it
2: oh yeah we could but, have had some real reporters yes
0: here. but um, Jessica Vaughn, um That is certainly one of those instances, though, that it really, to me, crystallized for people watching the hypocrisy involved with the whole situation. Fair enough?
2: Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. These are people who for years and years have told us that immigration in any form, legal or illegal, whatever, is nothing but a benefit for everyone. And we should be welcoming everyone. Until they get to Martha's Vineyard.
0: That's right. <laughs> that's right. When they were shipped off the island the next day. Right. The you know, they weren't said, ever. why don't you marry into someone on the island? No. They didn't say, hey, there's, I think there was one child there. And that's the one thing DeSantis people kind of screwed up. They shouldn't have sent a child. Because the media just zeroed in on one right. kid. When the bulk of them, I know people that were on the island, they were like, no, it was all guys in their 20s and 30s. You know, the rep that was there, they were making gang signals. Some of them were from a gang in Venezuela. They were doing gang signs. I heard from one of the state police police had said wait a minute those are gang signals they're making in the photo Whoa. with the congressman but are there
2: any Hamas flags being waved? because the Hamas has a big presence yes, in yes that's well. right
0: so uh but jessica and also jessica vaughn how about what was the reaction locally when governor abbott the governor of texas shipped the migrants uh whatever Ill- is that the new term now i thought it's illegal on the bus to the home of the vice president
2: Oh, well, that was even richer because she had just declared the border to be secure. Yes. Uh, And um, and yet these folks showed up on her her doorstep. I I, I didn't see her out raising any money for them. No. Or, you know, (coughs) you know, she has the the, uh, privilege. Of having the, um, you know, the federal protective service keep her safe That's right. behind her wall there, and um, you know, these people could just be whisked off to become the mayor of D.C.'s problem. You know, who's got her hand out to the federal government. For you know, FEMA money—that's meant for hurricanes and whatnot. Uh, all of we, a sudden, it's a disaster.
0: Jessica, where do you think we are right now? Because in being here the past couple of years, they are definitely making great gains under the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. You know, I—I I, I don't think it's helpful uh, for people to to be delusional or be in denial. Listen, this is without question all of the good work that was done. This has really been a punch in the stomach. With an administration that is allowing open borders.
2: It is a punch in the stomach yeah. um, because uh, Trump, whatever you thought about him, his border appreciate that and want to see more of it. And yes, we don't have a perfect immigration system, but it's passed through our democratic us. Yep. It's not controlled by cartels. That's right. Um, because that's what's happening. Now that's where right. There are real refugees. Yes. Um,
0: it's night and day. Yeah, and I was I was actually there in March. I was in uh, Eastern Europe. I was in Poland and Ukraine for the entire month. And it's entirely different. I'm glad you mentioned that because I was explaining to people. These were people, uh, and I would show you a photo, but they, they are interviewing them. And, you know, their business was destroyed and bombed. And they have no choice but to leave their neighborhood because it's, it's it just being anymore. destroyed. So some people stayed behind. And it's also, it's a terrible... Uh, Those that leave, you know, 70% of refugees never return to the homeland, so then they carry, like, a certain guilt than those that stay. But those truly are people who are forced to go to another country for their safety. It's also, you know, primarily, if someone says, you know, I'm going to stay, it's my house. But then when your parents, uh, then that borders, and it's also, it's not a, a fear decision to make. So... Those was dealing with people that truly had no option. But then look at but the reaction. But who also saw
2: it as temporary.
0: Yes, yes. And Poland opened it up and Italy opened up their doors. This is different, Jessica. Number uh, one, the quaking And money, you know.
2: Because after all, they have many opportunities also to apply for safe haven if they are in fact in fear of persecution or of their lives, yes, they are. Some of them are coming through several countries on the on the way to the United States. And if they were really de- that desperate, they would take advantage of the asylum system in Mexico or Guatemala. That's right. Uh, so, um, but but this is wreaking havoc in communities yeah. and, and, and it's regular Americans who are picking which up the tab that's and the right. pieces and I tell you I, I just was in Houston on Tuesday um, at a conference on human trafficking that I uh, worked to, to mm. organize and we had in the room school resource officers in Houston which is bearing the front of a lot of this resettlement mm. both done by the government and the people coming on their own and showing up in Houston and they're they've got their hands up, tearing their hair out where are these people coming from? How did they get here? What are we supposed to do? Wow because the schools are where the kids end up and have and, and require intervention assistance, uh, services and they don't they they are not getting any kind of coordination from no. the federal government no they have no say in it. they have no resources for it they're not getting any support from the federal government and the NGOs that participate willingly in this process of resettlement because they get paid by the federal government in contracts, they're giving them the cold shoulder. I, I mean, I, I really, that hit home to me. I had not quite expected hmm. to hear this frustration from these school officers.
0: Folks, we have to take a break. I want to thank, though, Jessica Vaughn. It is great to see you. Likewise. Congratulations on yet another gathering of Feet to the Fire. Folks, again, stay tuned. We're going to take a quick break, send it back to Jeff in the studio right here on the John DePietro Show. <music> for all your propane needs, call them 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, you can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane, heating and cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button. And remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment. It's Propane Plus. And remember with Propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment. And now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, call them at 508-252-3359. They're very easy to navigate website. It's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus. Call them 401 885 4209. Folks, you're listening to the John DePetro show. It's AM thirteen eighty ninety-nine point nine FM. Remember, you can always listen online at the website depetro.com. So on this Thursday, this has been uh, really eye-opening. Being here in DC, obviously the immigration problem, it affects the entire country. Um, I do want to have we're gonna have our legal analyst, attorney Tim Dodd, weigh in though. On this this whole business of what happened in New York, the New York Attorney General, what's going on with President Trump, as much as immigration is important at the same time, that is such a huge development because it could bog down the former president for quite some time. So I don't want to ignore that. I want to once again also, folks, extend sincerest condolences, thoughts and prayers, family, friends, and many people. Who worked and served under the Woonsocket mayor, Mayor Menard, who who tragically passed away, and, um, and, and people have learned the details of that. So, and I also wanna point out to you just how significant the judge's decision on road works. What a disgrace that is that in Rhode Island, think about that since 2018, since these tolls went up. And make no mistake about it. Notice, Governor McKee didn't come right out. I I think it's shameful, the people that would not go in front of the cameras. They had no problem with the big press conference when they were announcing roadworks. And suddenly, they are nowhere to be found when it comes to, in fact, that the whole thing, it never should have been done. And the, the way that I figured out, I believe it was 76 million to get the thing up and running. And then it was seven million to defend. So now you're up to uh, eighty-three million, and over four four years. Yeah, four years. Twenty eighteen, twenty It brought in one hundred million. So you do one hundred million minus the fact that it cost them eighty-three million to get this thing going. I mean, plus the the man hours it, at best. Possibly it's break even, and I'm not even convinced of that, because of everything you had to pass. But it is shameful that the trucking industry. Folks, this is another example of the attack on business, and make no mistake about it, Governor McKee. There's going to be a budget shortfall. That 40 million that was tagged to go there, that the laborers are counting on. Their response to Governor McKee is find the money somewhere else. Then find it somewhere else. We don't care if you toll cars, folks, it's a matter of time. I don't care what the government, the government is saying there will be no tolls at this time. People are realizing that means until after the November election. Uh, As long as they are up, it's going to remain an option and it's like everything else they do in the state. They'll say, you know, we have no choice and we're only going to do it in the morning commute. And then they say, well, we're only going to do it in the afternoon commute. and. And we're going to do it to stagger and blah, blah, blah. But the, the bottom line is, the, the, you know, the public sector unions, they're going to tell Governor McKee, we, we want that money. You have to make it up. You owe us that money. If you can't do the truck tolls, find another way to, to get it. But we want our $40 million a year. It's like the thing from that scene from Goodfellas. Blank you. Pay me. No, 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 no. You're supposed to be paying us $40 million a year out of those tolls. If you can't do it from them, then you have to you know, do it, um, then make sure you, you know, you get it from somewhere else. So uh, I would love to be wrong on that, but we shall see. Folks, you are listening to The John DePietro Show. J. Perry Paving. Folks, you can depend on J. Perry Paving. They provide high-quality, fair-pricing, exceptional service, over 20 years' experience, specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal-coating patios, and much more. Call them today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. They are tremendous. They also, how about this, once a month They provide a free paved driveway to a veteran. And remember, whether it's a brand-new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, call J. Perry Paving for a free quote. It makes a huge difference in your property, in your home, in your driveway or patio. 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. They're terrific. Hey, get that driveway paved Call and book an appointment now, 401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. Folks, you are listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Time for our legal segment. Joining us right now is one of Rhode Island's top legal minds. It is our legal expert attorney, Tim Dot. And Tim, I want to start off, uh, obviously, very unprecedented type of situation today, and we're talking about the New York Attorney General. Um, I, I, I'd like to try to at least put politics to the side, and this is a very extensive uh, complaint that they put forward. I I have a feeling that this is not going to be the end of it, uh, but this has been an long going ongoing investigation, I, I think, over three years, and and like to at least. Hear from you. What is the allegations that they're mapping out?
3: Well, Letitia James, the um, New York Attorney General, uh, has been investigating the Trump Organization and Donald Trump and the kids for for a long time. And forgetting about politics, she has stated on numerous occasions that it's her mission to get him. So. Um, there's a bias here potentially or maybe just a person who's very zealously investigating legitimate wrongdoing. Only time will tell. But yep. to stick to the legal end of this thing, the basic elements of the civil complaint suggest that the Trump organization has inflated values of real estate when it served their purposes and understated the value of real estate when it served their purposes. So if you're looking to get bank financing for a new project and you want to show how much equity you've got and that you know you've got assets that could back up the loan value, let's assume um, I'm using making up an example. You have an office building worth fifty million and you say it's worth two hundred and fifty million with no basis now is that a fraudulent statement was it made knowing that it was false was it an estimate what were the obligations of the person making the estimate as to value did it require any professional um, Uh, professional, you know, property uh, assessor to go out there and value the property? Uh, Was it left up to the borrower to simply dream up a number? These are the types of legal um, issues which will um, go on and on and on in a case like this. Who creates the value? Who makes the determination? Who tests it? What's the bank's obligation to verify the, the values that are stated? What's the obligation of the person or entity requesting the loan and identifying assets um, to verify that the value that's being put in, a, let's say, a loan application is accurate? All of that is going to rest in the, let's assume they're loan documents, what was required, what needed to be disclosed. And again, the obligation of both parties to investigate to make sure that the representations were true. Now, John, one example that Letitia James points out is that at one time, um, she doesn't give the specifics, uh, Donald Trump or the Trump Organization um, opined that Mar-a-Lago was worth something like $756 million dollars. Letitia James says that's a preposterous number because the true value on its best day is that that property might be worth $75 million. So that would be an overestimation of value by a factor of 10. So if it's really worth $75 million and Trump said it's worth $85 million, well, that might be okay. But if, in fact, it's worth $75 million, and I have no idea what it's worth, but yeah. let's assume that's a true number, and someone in the Trump organization, for whatever purpose, says it's worth $750 million, Um <laughs> that's, that's a pretty big overstatement. And if it's so far-fetched that it had to be made knowing that it couldn't possibly be a true number, well, that's where you could get into some jeopardy. Um, the next question is going to be, if these misrepresentations were made, um, was anyone damaged? Did the bank loan money based upon high valuations, which weren't true, loan the money, and then got burned on the repayment? So is it a victimless misrepresentation or are these misrepresentations which hurt the lenders? If the, if the valuations were understated, let's say, to pay less in real estate taxes, well, I don't think typically it's up to the owner to state what the value of the property is for for tax purposes. That's typically a a state or a county or a a city um, assessor's um, obligation to determine value. So I question what the Trump people could be doing to understate values to save on taxes. It seems to me it's more overstating values to borrow more money or to misstate what the holdings are that and that there really wasn't the equity in these properties to support um, the loans. Now, Letitia James has also made a point and the media is running with it like crazy. In addition to this lawsuit, you know, it's, it's just, as we've said many times, There's a difference between making allegations in a complaint and proving those allegations at the time of trial. So we have a long way to go here, but Letitia James has already reported to the media, and they're gleefully reporting that she's made a referral of this case to the U.S. Attorney's Office for a criminal investigation. Now, I thought she was the AG. I thought she would have been conducting a criminal investigation. So. If she had found sufficient information, she might have brought her own criminal prosecution, but she's apparently dishing off the criminal component of this to the U.S. Attorney's Office. Could be because there's federal crimes versus state crimes, could be wire fraud crimes, could be bank fraud crimes. Um, There's going to be a question of jurisdiction if, and that's a big if, any criminal um, um, prosecutions could possibly arise from this situation.
0: Tim Dodd, there are, and again, folks streaks with legal expert attorney Tim Dodd. Um, it should be noted that there have been some people within the Trump organization orbit, if you will, Michael Cohen for starters, who there there are definitely some been some people that we believe have kind of been drifting in and out of the background on this investigation that seemingly at least could have led them down the path to to look at Certain things. It, I, I just I don't want people to think a sitting. I mean, I don't think, but a, a sitting attorney general. Just you know, I know that the president's out today saying it's another witch hunt, and, and I'm getting email from people saying there's another wild goose chase. I I just don't think a complaint of this magnitude, how long it's going on. They definitely have had some inside players. I I don't think that this is like just like a wild goose chase.
3: No, I mean it would be hard. I mean. Letitia James claims to have interviewed over 60 people hmm. so that's a lot of people yeah. um, and reviewed you know tens of thousands of pages of documents um, so the question will be who is it that's talking what is their motivation yeah. and is what they're telling um, the Attorney General's Department there in New York uh, can it be backed up You know, it's I'm sure that that office of Letitia James vetted the statements these people were making and vetted the information being provided to make sure it would stand up to scrutiny. Because if I was Letitia James and Michael Cohen came in saying, let me give you a line, chapter, and verse on what happened in the Trump organization, I'd be eager to take his information. But I'd also be really careful to verify its truthfulness and accuracy because Cohen's got an axe to grind.
0: Yeah. Um, Now, this is we haven't even touched on the special master of Mar-a-Lago. Tim Dodd, it just it it almost seems as though, you know, you just start almost kind of lack of expression of like drowning in lawsuits at this point. I mean, it just the legal problems just seemingly are, are, And again, all has to be proven, but they're they're definitely mounting, and it just seems it would be an exhaustive process to be dealing with
3: so many different legal elements. Well, yes, it does. It it seems uh, we don't really know how much coordination or orchestration there is Mm -hmm. with all of these various things that are happening in Trump world between things happening in Florida, things happening in New York, and things happening elsewhere. The media was also happy to report that the woman who claims that Trump raped her in a store dressing room years ago, her ability to bring a cause of action against him has now been revived because of a change in the statute of limitations in New York. So, you know, all of these lawsuits and all of these subpoenas and all of this criminal speculation. Is all coming right before the midterms now that's probably not a coincidence and we're not talking politics but you know people who are skeptical that would be the, a reason for some skepticism because of the timing but putting the timing aside, you're right John there's so much that Donald Trump and people in his orbit have to fight off here um, whether the allegations can be proved or not. It's going to, I would think, um, cause some of his supporters to take a second look and determine how much longer they can really be with him because yeah. it's, it's just like piling up. It's
0: time-consuming as well. I mean, you know, this is – think how much this stuff would take during the course of your day. I also want to mention it is unusual, assuming that the children are also involved here.
3: Well, um, yes, the- so it wouldn't be Tiffany. It would be Don Jr., Eric, Eric and um, well, Don Jr. Uh, Eric Don and Jr. And,
0: uh, Ivanka
3: and Ivanka. Yes. Yeah. And you know, how many of these lawsuits and these criminal investigations and these subpoenas that are served, you know, where you know the old expression is, "Where there's smoke, there's usually fire." How much of this can be situations where ultimately there's no fire? I mean, it's, it would seem over time, there's got to be some fire behind all the smoke that's arising right now. And, you know, Trump can push back and hold all of this off and slow it all down. But it does seem like there's, you know, an enormous avalanche coming towards him.
0: And Tim Dodd, before we take the break now, she did mention she's going to refer this uh, possible criminal probe. Could, could this be, I mean, I, I, again, we don't know, but, you know, the, the famous one, Al Capone ran into trouble with, with, you know, tax evasion and tax problems. Now, granted, you have a lot of different attorneys. There's a lot of different properties and things like that involved. But um, but this this element of you claim something is worth this, I think they even said uh, townhouse is certain size. It's not. It's valued at a certain value. Again, it's way over what it would be. As a result of that, you were able to get various loans because something is stated as a certain value. Those to me would almost seemingly be easier to prove. Something's either, you know, I don't know, 6,000 square feet or it's not. Um, it, so it, it would just seem that there they certainly could be some things. It's easier to prove than others in black and white as opposed to, gee, you know, someone once told me they would pay, you know, $100 million for it. So that's what I thought the value was.
3: Well, and I'm sure Donald Trump's not out there looking at the field card on these properties, filling in these applications right, exactly. for loans. Good point. So the question becomes, you know, what was his obligation or his kid's obligation yeah. to review and vet for accuracy what his organization was preparing and filing to get money from banks. You know, if there is a crime or crimes here, it would more likely be federal because when you're dealing with banks, you're dealing with wire transfers or bank fraud, which all becomes federal, um, which is a much... um, more dangerous to be if you're a criminal defendant. You know, it's, it's a tougher road to hoe when you're a target in the federal system, for sure.
0: Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd, right here on the John DePietro show. WNRI, socket. W two six zero DC.
2: W-N-R-I.